Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Groover. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I am your co-host, Kathy Groover. And I'm Jason Mefford. And today we're back <laughs> to bring sunshine and light to the world. Da, 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 da. And the way we're doing that today is we have Lori Ann Marabito with us. Lori Ann, welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to have to be here with you guys. And we're so well, excited to have you. And, and one of the fun things about podcasting, right, is you get to you get to reconnect with friends, right? So, so that's it, that's why it's nice. I know you and I had had a call last week, and we're like, hey, we should do another podcast together. So here you are. Here I am, and now um, I've met Kathy. And now you've met Kathy, so you met you met the better the better half of the podcast, right? So. Yeah, Jason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So anyway, we got to get into this, right? So, so Lorian, just maybe maybe for the, for the the listeners, just kind of let people know what you do, who you are, and then let's kind of jump in it because you've got a, a very important message right, for people that are out there that a lot of people don't realize, you know, they, 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 they try to go one way in their career or do some of this other stuff. And it's like, they're just not even aware of some of the things that they should be doing. And it often holds people back. Exactly. So I am a reformed, painfully shy girl who accidentally became a professional speaker. That is a story for another time. <laughs> but I ended up be, being a speaker in the leadership and corporate engagement. And you know, through just some iterations of my business. Now what I do is I help people leverage speaking opportunities as their best form of marketing or to help them in their career because it positions you as an expert, attracts the right people and opportunities to you. And at times it also allows you to monetize your authority. Uh -huh. so that's well, definitely. Be, yeah, because unless you actually open your mouth, right? That, that's why some people write books, speaking mm -hmm. is the same kind of way right because uh -huh. it gets you out there it shows your authority it it introduces you to people right so they can they can then get to know you better and and understand whether or not it's it's you're somebody that they want to work with and typically when you're speaking you're speaking to an audience of basically qualified leads like if you're you know like if you're speaking for your business versus um, if you're speaking for your career. I mean, you're speaking to people who are interested and are active in your industry. And yet to be seen as somebody, as a thought leader, to share your thought leadership, you know, with a group of people, you know, is definitely going to be a memorable experience, uh -huh. you know, for people to remember like, oh yeah, I remember what that speaker said. And that just positions you as the expert, like in your industry. Yeah, it, it's so interesting because there's so many different ways to go about it, right? So some people, when I decided years ago, so I started out as an actress. So when I started doing all the health stuff that I was doing and I went to my first conference, I was looking at all these speakers and going, know, why the hell am I not doing that? Like, that's like so up my alley. And I found myself, I'd have a notebook and on the right-hand side of the page, I take notes on the content. And on the left-hand side of the page, I was writing down how horrible the speaker was or what they did that was good or bad because I'm watching this and going, well, that was awful. Why did you turn your back to me? I don't want to say, you know. And so I turned to my friend and I said, you know, next year I'm going to be speaking at this conference. And he goes, yeah, you should be. And then I thought, oh crap, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I know how to do that, but I didn't know how to do that. So I, I was at a different conference, talked to one of the speakers and I said, you know, I'd love to start doing some speaking. And she goes, well, what's your book about? 
And I said, no, 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 no. I want to be a, I want to be a speaker. And she goes, well, you have to have a book. And I thought, well, shit, I don't want to be an author. I want to be a speaker. And, you know, it's also intertwined. And some people start out as a speaker and then write a book from their content. Some people start out as a business person and write a book that leads to speaking. Is there a formula that you found that works or is it truly just toss the salad and see what rises to the top? I mean, so now we're going to be talking about tossing the salad on tossing the salad, better than tossing your cookies, which is a whole different problem. (laughs) Toss the salad. Um, Well, what are your strong points? If writing is your strong point, then write the book. But if speaking is your strong point, then speak. But for myself, I did write a book. I've written a few books and I wrote them so that when I spoke, my audience had something to take away with to really to deepen the learning. So my books are also like not these, you know, lengthy books. They're they're modern day parables that are actually just fun to read because that's kind of what I wanted my audience to walk away with and finish the book. But yep. I did start speaking first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, and I kind of did too, because I realized when you put in a, an application to speak, or if you talk to somebody about doing a keynote, whatever it is, I don't think anybody has ever said, yeah, but what's your book about? You know, it just ended up being this woman's perspective of you've got to have a book to be a professional speaker. Now, I agree with you. I've written, I'm working on my ninth and four of them are specifically written for one of my programs because I want them to walk away with something at the end of the end of the conference. And I'm about to do a big keynote for an organization. And I said, you know, can I have the table set up in the back? And she goes, you can't bring books. And I said, what do you mean I can't bring books? She says, it is our policy that speakers just cannot bring books that the audience doesn't want to feel like they're being sold to. And I thought, but I'm not going to stand up there and go buy this book, buy this book, buy this book. And I was kind of frustrated because it's like, but I'm doing my keynote on stress reduction and I have a book that literally outlines what I'm talking about. That is a resource for them. That is not a sales pitch for me. And they wouldn't do it. They just absolutely wouldn't do it. And I said, look, can I, I couldn't mention books. I couldn't have my last slide talking about my books. Now I get to travel light because I don't have to lug a shit ton of books with me, but I was so frustrated. And I said, look, can I give a couple away? Like, you know, they, people need to know that there's a resource for after that. And it was just sort of frustrating that I'm not even allowed to mention it. And it's like, I, it, you know, how do you, uh, I don't know. That was just me bitching, but. <laughs> here's how just, I would have like, was... so Kathy, if you were my client, here's what I might've said to you. Yeah. I would have said, you need to read a paragraph from your book so that you were picking it up and Mm. literally reading from it and putting it down so that now the audience sees it, they hear a part of it. You might even mentioned, you know, like what parent, what chapter it was from. Yeah. Well, and what I, what I said was, you know, can I bring a couple to give away as, as prizes for somebody that volunteers or someone that asks a question? She goes, oh yeah, you could do that. So I'm going to have them there and just give one or two away. Yes. Just so they know they exist. But I yeah, like the read from the paragraph thing. Because that's a little ninja trick, right? Because again, it's it's not, I mean, all the things you do when you're speaking, there's subtleties to what you're doing, right? Yeah. And actually yeah. picking the book up, opening it up, reading a paragraph out of it, it, it lets, like you said, it lets people know that there is another resource there. It's it's no different than, you know, doing a quote from some other famous person. It's just you're quoting yourself from your right. book. Right. As I say in chapter two, paragraph four. <laughs> and Kathy, like another one would have been like to have your volunteer. I don't know if you had them come up on the stage. I haven't done the talk yet. 
Okay, you haven't done the talk. So I would have your whoever volunteers to go back to their seat mm -hmm. so that then you can say, oh, I'm sorry, I wanted to give you this copy so that now you're passing it to the person that's in the front row. Can you pass this back to such and such mm. that way people are passing it back and now like all these people are looking at your book yeah that's what i figure so i don't typically bring people up first for anything so i was going to have them i was going to pass it through because it's, it's it's a big crowd so yeah 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 well i think it's interesting you know because we we're talking about book speaking book speaking right and, and i love what you said Lorianne. you know that it's it's what you're good at right because again it's like Good i've point. written i've written a few books but there's a lot of people that, that are like, you still you need to write another book. And I'm like, I'm a good writer. I like to write, but it takes a fucking long time to write yes. a book. It's <laughs> like, I am more of a speaker. I'm just going to flip the switch and start recording and talk, right? Because I, th I think that's something too, to where in the professional speaking, you know, profession has has learned this the hard way the last two years. But everybody always thinks, well, to be a professional speaker, you have to be standing up on a stage in a conference yeah. somewhere. No. And there are so many other ways of actually speaking. So so what are some of the other ways maybe that you talk to people about trying well, to be? I also want to just like also touch on this whole book thing, the book speaking. The other the other reason why I say just like do what you're good at is because if we say like you got to go write the book before you start speaking, uh -huh. just like you said, like it takes a lot of time. Like that's just procrastination. I got to finish and write the perfect book that's going to get me in all the big stages. So I'm just a big um, fan of just like start writing the speech and getting bookings because nothing will motivate you more or light a fire under your ass than a date on the calendar. Yep. <clears throat> um, for one. And Jason, what, what was your question for me again? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, again, when people think professional speaking, oh, they just think about the, moti the motivating speakers at conferences and think that's the only venue oh. that they have to actually speak. So I think speaking now as a result of the past couple of years needs to be redefined. There's uh -huh. so many forms of speaking. Speaking is so much more than stages and Zoom. You know, what we're doing right here, right now, this is a form of speaking. When you're doing a sales call with a potential prospect or a meeting planner, you're basically speaking. Uh -huh. You know, when you are speaking at a meeting in, at your company or, you know, an industry meeting, you know, like that's speaking. Yeah, there's just there's so many different forms. And I think it needs to blend with your personality. Like, for example, a mom of two very small kids is not going to jump on an airplane to cross the country to go speak at an industry meeting that she's not going to be potentially getting paid for. But can she just do something like like an IG live to address her audience? And and that works for her because two little kids, they go, they go to sleep, they take their nap. Hey, I've got 10 minutes. Uh -huh. I'll just do like a live and get my message out there. How can you get your message out there? I think is, is really the bottom line. How are you sharing with people? Yeah. Can look different. Well, and to that point, so there's so much noise, right? If I see one more person going, <laughs> on Instagram and hoping <laughs> words pop up. To me, that is the most ridiculous thing. And I'm a performer. I'll be goofball all day. And I have friends who they're on TikTok. You know, they spend their day doing TikTok in hopes that it gets them a client. 
And it's like, but at that point, are you actually a coach or are you a TikTok figure? You know, and, it, and it's like, are you, what are you spending your day doing? And I'm seeing clients all day. I don't have time to sit in front of a camera and go, <laughs> and hoping the bubbles pop in the, the right spot. I don't get it. Um, so in the, in so much noise with everybody pointing at bubbles and so many people on Instagram and so many people on TikTok and so many outlets now for this sort of thing, how do you stand out in all the noise? Pick a lane, mm. pick a platform and just start. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only noisy because you think it's noisy. It's only noisy because you also don't, you're, you're worried about like, all these other people who have been on the platform for months and years, they're just ahead of you. That's all. Mm-hmm. We all start somewhere. You know, I started with my first speech. You started with your first speech, you know, but did you worry about it back then? Like, oh my God, I like, I don't have like, I don't have 10 speeches under my belt so that I can join NSA. No, you had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You just went to a meeting, a conference and said next year, I'm going to be up there. Mm-hmm. And I was too, by the way. <laughs> there you congratulations. I like thank you. It might your life into existence. Absolutely. If I say it, I'm gonna make I'm gonna do my best to make it happen. It's not always it doesn't always work. But yeah, I mean, I think there's so many people that that you're right. They're like, oh well, they've already they're so established and they've already done so many things. And how do I, you know, and it's like, how do you well, but just starting is one thing, but how do you stand out? How do you stand out on Instagram? How do you stand out if you're submitting your conference proposal to someplace where they've already got 300 other ones? How do you, how do you get the attention of the people to become clients or to hire you? Are you saying something that's making people think differently? Mm-hmm. That's one way of standing out in a noisy industry, in a noisy crowd. Mm-hmm. Or are you just saying what everybody else is saying? Just, it's, you know, it's just your version, but like, I think it's just about, you know, just really like digging deep inside and like, what is it that I'm here to share? What's my message? What's my story? Like, like let's not overlook our story. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, as a reformed, painfully shy girl who couldn't make eye contact with people, like I didn't speak, you know? So, I mean, I'm, I'm also evidence that, you know, you can, you can teach yourself like new tricks, you know, and I learned how to speak in front of people. But to be able to understand that your story is worth sharing and that people want to hear your story, that you don't have to climb Mount Everest in order to have a great story. You know, the more everyday your story is, the more relatable you are to audiences, but your message matters. Uh Are you telling your story? and, And I think that's an important thing for everybody to realize, because I think you know, like you said, we, we, we see the big motivational platform speakers, you know, people earning, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars of speech. They've got this great story and they climbed Mount Everest and I was a Navy SEAL or I was a whatever, the, whatever they were, right? Okay. And I'm, I was an astronaut, so you need to listen to me because I was an astronaut. But, but it's, it's the regular people stories that are the ones that I think are, are really so much more impactful for people because, we can see ourselves in those other people. Yes. And the thing is, you know, Lorianne only has Lorianne's story. And it's the only story in the world that's the same way it is, right? And so if you don't share your story, the world will never hear your story. And there's people who need to 
hear your story. And nobody can tell my story because it's uni- It's like my fingerprint. Yeah. Yep. You know, I was just working with a client who she, her story is how she went from food stamps to six figures. You know, she got laid off from a job and had to like decide like, well, what am I going to do next? I mean, talk about a relatable story. I mean, there's so many people who have either lost their job or they want a new job. Mm-hmm. You know, and how she, and, and, and her unique story about how she did this, nobody can tell her story. Yeah. You know, and, Stories are so fun, you know, Kathy, Jason, that, you know, it's like, it's like a hunk of clay that you are just molding and crafting and, mm-hmm. and tweaking a little bit, you know, speaking um, for me is like verbal art. Mm-hmm. There's a crafting to it. And it's when I did my first TEDx talk, I'm very animated in facial expressions and I know how to take pauses to make, you know, to have people laugh. And this one guy who did also a talk the same day as me, he came up to me and he goes, how do you do that with your face? And I said, what? And he goes, how do you, how do you do that with your face? And I said, how do I do what with my face? He was deadpan. He had no expression. He had no intonation changes. He had, he just did his entire talk with the same face on it. You know, he didn't know how to craft that story. He didn't know how to use his instrument, his body, his face, his voice to make his talk interesting. And he was dumbfounded at how I did that. And I'm thinking, how do you not know how to move your face? (laughs) But he just- I watched his video and went, oh yeah, no, he's not moving his face at all. But I mean, it's just, he seriously had no expression. It was fascinating to me. So remembering that this is an art form yes. and that and we craft pretty, uh, pretty much. Pretty much yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just, and it was so boring and he had really interesting things to share, but he wasn't using his instrument. He wasn't looking at this as a creative form of art. So I'm so glad you pointed that out because it is, it, it's an art form. Speaking, t- storytelling, all of that is, it's you are the instrument and you are creating this journey to take people on. So I love that you equated it to that. And that's, that's exactly is that we take our audience on a journey, mm-hmm. you know, um, to use like the amusement park, you know, it's the roller coaster. We take them up, we bring them down, you know, but we bring them right back home at the very end. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a ride, like come mm-hmm. and take take we invite the audience into our story into our speech but yeah it's it's an art form like being really good on the platform I don't know how how you guys feel but I'm always like my next speech will be better because I'm always Mm -hmm. learning from like what did I do this time what would I do differently Mm -hmm. and I think that's how I how I started from the very beginning you know and my my very first uh, speech the one that I said yes to when I was just like what the hell am I saying yes to I don't speak Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I, can tell, I can tell you guys this because I started teaching. I went into that college professor mode and just mm-hmm. spoke for 15 minutes. No intro to my speech whatsoever. And this is how I brought it to an end. Okay, now I'm done. That was, <laughs> Bye. That was what I said to the audience. Now I'm done. I mean, looking back on it, I'm just like, oh, how princess-like. <laughs> I'm done speaking. You can... <laughs> You, if you want to talk to me more, you can, I'll be in the back of the room. All I was doing was I was trying to get away from all these eyes that were on me. Oh God. And in the back of the room, people came up to me and said, um, so do you uh, work with clients? 
do you have a website you can share with us? And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> and that's where I, I realized that speaking was the fastest way to grow my business. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, and, and it's interesting because even, even like that, you know, you said, I mean, there was really no clothes. There was no anything else, but it's still whatever, whatever it was about you was attracting those people to you. Yes. Right. Even, even though it wasn't, you know, a polished speech, it doesn't matter. You just showed up and you did the best that you could at that time. And, and, you know, again, cause I was a shy kid. I still, I mean, I'm still an introvert, you know, people wouldn't, wouldn't know it because I pretend, right. I play, I have fun with it. I use my voice differently, <laughs> right? What? What? Yes. Right. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's things that I've, I've practiced and I play, I've played with, right? Because I think, again, so much of the time, especially, you know, some of the people out there are probably like, oh, I'm shy. Oh, I'm not funny. Well, I, I don't necessarily think of myself as a funny person, but every so often people are like, you're really funny. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> right? Okay. To some people, I guess I'm funny. To other people, I'm stupid, probably, but it doesn't really matter, right? Because as I'm sharing and just being myself and overacting sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorite Jim Carrey outtakes. And I think it was Liar Liar. He was going off on one of his things and the other actress was like, you're overacting. Objection. You're overacting, right? It was in the, in the outtakes anyway. But just you know, you can do that. You can play with it. You can have fun with it because at the end of the day, the more, the more unique you are, the more you're saying something different, the more you're just being yourself, it's going to draw people even, yeah. even like what you did. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. It's, it's just about like getting out there and just, and doing it. I mean, you're an introvert. Kathy, what would you consider yourself? Are you an introvert? Oh, I am such a high extrovert. Oh my God. Okay. I'm, yeah, I am so I'm, jazzed by people and actress since I was five. And yeah, yeah. And I would say that I was probably originally more the introvert, but I know when to step into being the extrovert. When I'm in front of people, when I'm at networking events, when I'm at conferences, because right. if they're hiring me to speak, it's part of my job to engage with the audience before, during, and after. Mm -hmm. So I've just taught myself, like, who do I have to be? Yep. You know, it, like, what is a speaker? What do speakers do? Like, I just step into my speaker role. Mm -hmm. Well, and we talk all the time about, I do a lot, when I coach, I do a lot of work with ego states, the inner inner family systems. And we all have an extrovert part. We all have an entertaining, outgoing part. It might not get a lot of attention. It might be hiding in the back, but you have the ability to tap into that part of you. Just like if I'm talking to a low energy, shy introvert, I'm not going at them with my full, you know, they're going to be like force field, force field. You know, I'm going to scare the shit out of them. So I bring my voice down. I bring my tone down. I talk a little slower. I'm a little less intonation-y in my language and I meet them where they are. I can't expect them to extrovert up to me. I got to bring out my inner calm down person a little bit and talk to them on a different level, you know, and we all have the ability to tap into those different parts of ourselves. So I love that you described it that way. It's like, yeah, you know, you have that inner part of you that can do that. You just have to kind of call it up. 
So tap into it and mm-hmm. you know, like raise and also raise your hand for these opportunities. These opportunities are all over the place. You're attending meetings and conferences all the time. Like just look at the places that you have memberships. You know, they have to find speakers. And so I tell people like, just ask them like, what's your process for hiring and booking speakers? Yeah. And they'll share it with you. Yeah, you're not saying, hey, I should be the speaker at next month's meeting. You're saying, what's the process Mm -hmm. for hiring or booking speakers. I just well, it, think it's like, we're opening the door to the conversation. Yeah. Well, it's about the ask, right? If you don't ask, then you're never going to get to do anything. And I think that first step is so hard for people. So for someone who, and I know you coach people to do speaking to, you know, to bring more income and, and accentuate their business. How do they take that first step? How do you encourage them to, to open the door and do that? I do tell people, pull out a piece of paper and make a list of all the places that you have memberships to different conferences that you already attend networking groups that you might attend. Um, who do you know that has a podcast? Maybe you want to start your own podcast and you just want to be a guest on podcasts or live stream shows. I mean, just make the list and then just ask, find out who's in charge. If, you know, if it's an association um, a chamber and you can't figure out who's in charge of hiring people, who's a program director, ask, just send an email or ask the president yeah. who's the right person that I should be talking to. Just make one ask, see what happens. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's an important thing because if you don't ask, the answer is no. Right. Exactly. And so you have a 0% chance of getting what you want. All you have to do is open your mouth and ask and you go from 0% to 50%. Because the answer is either yes or no, right? And I'd much rather take a 50-50 bet than a zero bet, right? Yes. But it just requires you. To, the worst thing that they're going to say is no, which is what they've already said if you don't ask the question. Right. That's a very complicated math problem that I'm going to have to is write that, down. Is, is X to the second. No, no, wait. There's a train in Baltimore. Okay. <laughs> Traveling at 60 miles an hour. For- uh, no, I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> But it's true. It's true. It is. It is the ask. And you're right. If you don't ask the question, then it's always no. Right. What is it? There's no bad decision except the one that isn't made or something to that. I just butchered that quote, but something to that effect of actually stepping out and making the ask. How do you know what to ask for? What do you mean? How do I know? How do, how, do know? how does one know what to ask for? Well, I, I'm talking about like, just like, let's open the door to the conversation. Like, yeah. And to find out like, oh, well, here's our process, because what they might tell you is we start planning our conference, you know, like 12 months in advance. So the conference that we're already advertising that's in four months, um, that's already booked. Mm-hmm. Like that's the information that you want to know. It's like, oh, okay. So when do you start planning next year's? Okay. So that's when I'll reach out to you yeah. when you're going to start looking for speakers. And your topic may or may not fit in with the theme of that conference no big deal. Same thing with like smaller monthly associations. They're constantly looking for speakers, but you, your topic may fit in at a particular time. Mm -hmm. But again, like we just have to like open the door and just like, what's your process? What do you need? And when, and then provide that information for them and let them know like, Hey, well, here's a couple of topics that I speak on. Do you think that would be of interest to the members? 
to your audience. Again, it's not about like, hey, you should hire me because I'm wonderful. It's more about like, you're making it about the meeting planner and their association, their conference. Sure. And, and to that point, also keeping in mind, if they say no, that is not a personal rejection against you. That is your topic doesn't fit in or we've hired them all for the next two years, or we only go from inside. Because I've had that happen where, you know, big companies have contacted me to do something and I submit all my stuff and they're like, this is so great. Unfortunately, our bosses just let us know we have to have somebody internal do the talk. Well, that's not a personal rejection to me. That's just, that's their protocol, you know? And, and I think we, we take rejection so personally and coming from an acting background, good Lord, I had to learn about rejection really early. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it is no. I mean, it's and it's not no against me. It's no for that thing. And, yes. and I think if we can shift that into remembering it's not a personal affront against us, then we're going to take more chances, take more risks, ask for more things if we're not afraid to hear no. Yes. And also, I'll also add that if you live near a big city where there is a lot of convention centers, they have calendars about who's coming. <laughs> Reach out to those people. Chances are, if they're already like on the calendar of the convention center, they've already got all their speakers, but you never know. But there's a lot of reasons why speakers can't show up. Some sort of an emergency. I live in the New England area, so weather's a factor for half of the year, yeah. but you just never know. And you can let people know, I'm a local speaker. Here's what I yeah. speak on. If you find yourself in a pinch, I happen to be around that particular weekend, that week. Yeah, that's a great idea, especially with COVID, because you never know when you're going to wake up and go, oh, shit, I just tested positive. I can't fly from, or I can't drive, for, I can't show up to do that thing. That's a very good idea to to put yourself on that sort of like backup, I'll save your butt list. That's a good and idea. I have gotten calls. Mm. I have, I remember one particular time I was introduced to him. He's like, yep, I got a conference coming up in April and I got all my speakers. Next question was, when do you start planning for next year? He said, November. I said, fantastic. I'll reach out to you in November. He called me two weeks later saying somebody had to back out. And my topic fit in perfectly with the yeah. slot that they had. So, and that led to a lot of other business. So in my opinion, speaking's the gift that keeps on giving. I agree. That's so great. And of course we're out of time. <laughs> the blatant hand gesture of we're out of time. <laughs> so this is so great. Jason, any final thoughts for you? And then we'll, uh, we'll ask Lorianne where to reach her. No, I think, I think it's just great. And you know, the, the, the whole idea of, you know, just kind of re- reimagining what speaking actually is and realize that we're all speaking all the time anyway right and so you know it doesn't matter whether you're shy introverted extroverted doesn't matter you know but we can ask questions we can play with things we can try stuff out and just make it fun right i mean because like we said with the question the worst thing is people are going to say no right so not a, not that big a deal and, you know, you try something, hey, what's the worst that could happen? People don't like it, but the best, they might love it, right? I know some of the stupid antic things that I did have or have done, right? Like, like uh, <laughs> I wore a t-shirt underneath my shirt and I started to do like a little strip tease thing where I like opened it. It was a super, it was a superhero <laughs> themed conference, right? So I was kind of doing like the Superman <laughs> thing on stage pictures you know people were pulling their phones out this was so great you know 
will I ever do it again? I don't know. But, <laughs> but it was just one of those fun kind of crazy things to put in there and do things to make, to make it a little bit more fun because most of the time, honestly, most, most of the speaking things you go to are boring. Yeah. Right. So even if you can, you know, crack a joke, do something, do something that's just kind of you. Right. And, and just help people get to know you as a person better, your quirks, your weirdness, everything else too. And like you said, speaking is the gift that keeps on giving. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been so fun. Okay. Lorianne, how can people reach you if they want to work with you? Website, Instagram handles, all those good things. Sure. Sure. My website is speakandstandout.com. I also have a podcast called Be In Demand with Lorianne. And you can find me over on Instagram at lorianne.mirabito. And I also hang out on LinkedIn a lot as well. Yeah, this has been amazing. Yay, everyone go visit Lorian's website. Uh, check her out. You can watch her pointing at bubbles on Instagram. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go look and see if you do that. Um, my name is Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out, have a great week. Start speaking more. We'll see you on the next episode of the Fire Up Podcast. See ya.